architects fight you. Oddly enough, because, gee, they designed a nice building, and then some Yahoo comes rolling in to put the <laughs> smiley face on it, and for some reason, they don't seem to like that. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 87 of the Commando Voice. Today, I continue my conversation with the owner of Archibald Glass. Welcome back, Jack Archibald. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice Podcast, where I interview folks around Camino Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Commando Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. Today, I continue my conversation with Jack Archibald. So if you didn't hear last week's episode, make sure you go back to listen to that one. Um, also, just wanted to throw a quick thing out there. Uh, thank you again for continuing to support and listen to uh, the Commando Voice. Um, I've really enjoyed continuing to do these, and I've got some fun ones that I have planned coming up here. Um, but yeah, I just appreciate you guys listening and for joining in. Uh, if you haven't already... Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, it really does help me be found by other islanders and other people that might be interested in this type of podcast. So um, be sure to share it with your friends, share it on social. And uh, without further ado, here's my continued conversation with Jack Archibald. Um, so I know you've done a lot of different projects all over the place, but do you have one that really stands out in your mind as like kind of your favorite one that like as a fun project and it turned out what you wanted and everything? I think the one that was that stands out in my mind, and oddly enough, it's not the most artistic one, mm -hmm. is the uh, Everett train station clock. Okay. And uh, went down there, and, and everything about that was uh, frightening to me. And and I kind of applied for it, and they and I won the project. But the, all they really wanted, they had a nine foot diameter clock they were going to order, and they what they really wanted, they said, was just do some stained glass inside that nine diameter clock and i thought eh, you know how kitschy is that and so i i kind of fought uh, uh to get turn this thing into a different project and so what i suggested was we turn this into a sculpture and the clock would be the center of this circle and we would build this two wings out from it. and i don't know if you're familiar with this clock but it's uh, it kind of looks like, or at least the idea was, it looks like the front end of a locomotive. But okay. kind of some of the clock part are, are modern, so it's it's abstracted out. Yeah. But we had uh, Wesley Welding uh, came in on this, and uh, Rick Wesley came down with me to a meeting, and uh, I had not understood that the, most of this where this is going to be. Uh, Attached, I thought would be the typical, it's inside a window system. Well, we got down there, and I realized it's not. It's going to be attached to a stairway, the staircase. They got a grand staircase, and the, you know, the catwalks go across, and it's going to attach to part of these. Now, this will tell you a lot about me. I apply for these things. I don't read the, read the you know, <laughs> perspective very closely, I guess. I just think you probably won't get it anyway. And uh, so they, the architects let me do this sculptural clock. Okay. And uh, Wesley Welding, Rick and the boys, they they uh, built the the whole framework out of stainless steel, mm -hmm. which uh, we could have done it in steel and painted it, but there but the train station, if you're down there, is all stainless steel. Okay. Usually stainless steel costs you a fortune, but yeah. but Rick and the 
Rick and Steve said, no, we'll do it for the same price. And I, so I went to the architects. I said, would you mind if I do it in stainless steel? And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, it'd be great. They thought, what a guy, you know, but it didn't cost me a, any any different. Yeah. Then we had uh, one, of the, one of the boys, Kevin Rinesmith, down there. He did these grindings on the stainless steel that okay. gave it a kind of textural quality, and it bounces the light, interestingly. It's like Carla Maskey's sculpture down at... Uh, you know, the visitor center park. Yeah. And uh, so it's about the same era too, which is why, you know, we did it. And so when we put this in, I can remember walking in, they were building the Everett station and standing on the floor below where we're going to put this thing and thinking, I don't think so. I don't think I have the courage to go up this kind of, I just can't see, I just couldn't hardly imagine it. Anyway, we did it. We did it. And uh, so it went in and uh, it was, it was one of the few times working, the architects were really, really supportive. Mm-hmm. I, f- I have a history of all, the architects fight you. Oddly <laughs> enough, because, gee, they designed a nice building and then some Yahoo comes rolling in and put the <laughs> smiley face on it. And for some reason, they don't seem to like that. And so these guys, though, worked with me through the whole thing. And it, nice. was, it was a wonderful collaboration. So, yeah. And the train station is a nice train station. Yeah. And so when I walk in there, I guess I kind of like that particular work, yeah. Um, even though, like I say, it's not the most artistic, mm-hmm. you know, but I did go back to photograph it. And the security guard was there, and I came in at night, and I was standing there photographing. He sees me with a camera and a tripod, walks over, and he says, you know, he gets to talking about the glass and the, and the clock. And uh, he doesn't know I built the thing. Yeah. And uh, he says, you know, my buddies and I are always arguing. He goes, you know, I think it looks like a front end of a train. And he, I said, what do your buddies think? And he says, they don't think it looks like anything. And I said, tell your buddies they're wrong. I said, <laughs> and he kind of looks at me. He says, did you make that? And I said, yeah. It's the front end of a, it's the front end of a locomotive. And the other one is you go up to the train station in, in Mount Vernon, which was a donation. Yeah. We gave them that. It, it is a train coming into the train station. But, okay. But a lot of adults don't see it. The kids see it. You know, they can see that thing just like it's, you know, it's the real deal. Yeah. And so it's interesting how people, and one of the things that's fun about my kind of uh, stained glass design, they don't really look like anything in particular. It's not realistic, but it's sort of a Rorschach. You can kind of see something in it. And and when I ask people, what do you see? They always want, they always ask me, what what is it? Yeah. And I go, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to tell you. I don't know. It's really meant, what do you see in it? And some people like to play that game, and some people don't. And so it's interesting how people look at a particular... Yeah. Piece. It's never... It's, it's oftentimes real surprising to me, you know, that they'll see that in that, and I'll go, yeah, I can kind of see that too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of the fun of it. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. Um, yeah. The... I, I love... Like the different art things I've seen of yours, just even locally here, like Islanders has that piece, um, and my dad's door now that has a piece on it. And yeah, oh. the Islanders, uh, your dad commissioned that way okay. back when, and he'd done that uh, Frozen Explosion. I think yeah. he was he was had the drink, and uh, so that was kind of a Frozen Explosion. And uh, but that's a good example of that glass that changes look. It's yeah. now in the library, of course. Yep. And uh, one side, if you're standing outside, it's it's real cold and icy, and so is the you know the metal cladding on uh, you know the tower there that surrounds it. But inside, it's all ambers and warm, and it, yeah. it's that glass. And uh, you know, again, that's what makes some of these things 
interesting to me. Yeah. You know, and it's part of the, you know, what I learned over the years is how to use glass. So I'll go down and a lot of times I'll be in a competition. I'm, I'm doing my pitch and somebody will go, particularly in cities, Portland or, you know, some place like that. They'll go, who's your favorite artist? Who, who did you learn? I mean, you know, who's your role model? Yeah. And I'll go, you never heard of them because they're glass guys. You know, I don't really, I don't, role models for me aren't painters. They're really the guys that know how to use glass. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in interesting ways. And so over the years, you're just kind of learning how to use light. Yeah. You know, it's the real deal. Yeah. Um, but the other thing about competing in the, in the art world with stained glass, everybody, most everybody, I meet a few people, though, but most everybody likes glass. I mean, it's sort of, you know, universal. And so that gives me a leg up in competition, you know, mm-hmm. that if you're competing against somebody that's doing some abstract sculpture over here, well, you got this bright, shiny thing over here that, guess what? You know, it gives you a little bit of an advantage. Yeah. You know. Nice. So how did the visitor center come about? How did that whole project come together? Because it's a lot of different artists that have put that together. And The visitor center was an interesting, <clears throat> was an... <laughs> It was an interesting coming together. A bunch of artists, Gunter and Matsky, and uh, it originally started with uh, Reverend Chumley. Michael Melnick lives down by us on the south end. And he got wind that the, they, they were kind of falling apart. The Chamber of Commerce, they had, they had this little hut. They would hand out brochures. God knows they were just baking these poor old women down there. And he got wind that, you know, it's sort of available to, you know, you could join up. And maybe do something with all this. So uh, Jack and Carla, and they got involved in this. Jack became the president of the Chamber of Commerce, which is amazing. You know, so a bunch of artists got involved. I wouldn't get involved to begin with. Um, I thought, I gosh, I don't want to. I, I don't want to go there. But we got going, and I said I will put in some stained glass. You know, I'll donate. And I thought it'd be something small or whatever. But we, you know, I sat with Dan Nelson, the architect on the project. And we ended up designing what's the front of that big X pattern. And yeah. we did this abstract kind of glass work in it. So Jim Hall was our construction guy. He was, he was a builder, and he donated his time. And he got the building pretty much up. And he decided, gosh, he, working with us, and I started volunteering. Working with us, he's going to be here for the rest of his life. He won't build another house on He won't make a living. He'll die poor. And he said, I got to go. I got to go. And I said, uh, now, I remember I said I built my own house. Now, this is a guy that didn't even know how to frame in a window originally, right? But I learned how to frame a house, and I, I was cocky. And I said, all right, I'll take it on. So I took it on. And uh, I spent my entire summer down there and probably a lot of the, that following fall and winter. And we, we built the thing. Um, and if you look at it closely and look at some of the metal siding, you can see a guy that didn't know what he was doing probably put that up. So anyway, we had a lot of volunteers, and we got a lot of support, and uh, we had a lot of we had a lot of critics too. I mean, if you're working there every day, you can't believe how many people drive in and tell you just how much they don't like it. And who's paying for this, Brandon? Who's paying for this thing? I don't like it. And you'd say, "Well, man, it's like your lucky day, because you're not paying for it. Uh-huh. It's being paid with volunteer, you know, materials and work." And they, t- I still don't like it. Well, okay. There's a critic in every crowd. But we finally got it done, and it was, uh, you know, I don't know if it was warmly accepted at first. It had 
a little bit of art for everybody. It had some modern stuff, and it had the geese, you know, that got stolen eventually. And it had, you know, Carla's uh, sculpture, which is interesting. She designed that sculpture, and it turns out that is kind of the negative space of the whole building. If you look at it, you'll see the wings, but those are really her sculpture. And none of us, until we did it, realized, you know, so it's sort of serendipitous that this happened. But anyway... We got all the sculpture in. We got the sign moved back and redone. We, it was a lot more work than you'd ever dream. Uh -huh. And a lot of politics and a lot of fighting. The Chamber of Commerce really, you know, they wanted a visitor center, but they didn't really want an art park, you know, kind of thing. And so there was a lot of tension, a lot of fights. And I ended up, I had to finally join. I finally became, got on the board because if we're going to get this done, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we did. And so... The night, what happened then is, you know, uh, Brown and Cole owned the land behind this. We, this, the visitor center is really just a narrow little strip of land. Yeah. It's really yep. nothing. Right. And to turn it into something was kind of a coup in itself. Anyway, Brown and Cole said, if you can sell the two properties in the back, we will give you 3.3 acres to make a sculpture park. And uh, I can't tell we some of us working on that, we would walk on that hill and just imagine, could we, our, our, little, our little fantasy was, can we extend the sculpture park maybe 10, 20 feet? Can we just ask them if we have to? And they're offering at the end to give us the entire thing back there. Oh, you know, it was like, whoa. Well, the post office came in. They were going to buy one parcel. Yep. The uh, park and ride, uh, Mary Margaret was head of the transportation yep. She was instantly going to buy that part for him. So, okay, we're done deal. Except the post office went away. They stopped building new post offices. So what happened was your dad came in and bought, and it became commercial then. So then we end up with a sculpture park. Yeah. But what it told me, and maybe it was, a, it was you know, kind of wrongheaded, is that you do stuff like this and look at what you can accomplish. Yeah, I thought, oh Lord, you know this is amazing. I, you know, in retrospect, it was a little bit naive. But on the other hand, we did it. Yeah, and uh, you know, some other ventures haven't been quite as you know successful. But I still have this sense that, you know, you can, you know, you put your nose to it, you can create an art island if that's what you're intending to do, and that's that was what I intended to do. Is that you could get this Mother's Day tour, studio tour. We few of us started that up. That became successful. You can donate some art to, uh, you know, glass to the visitor center, to the senior centers, and also bring in other people's art and create an art space inside, you know, the Stanwood Senior Center or inside the Camino Community Center. Um, you know, we just put one in the new uh, uh, annex, the uh, courthouse annex down okay. there. The, and uh, so all that is kind of you know, it's it's just another piece of that puzzle that eventually you hope that you'll reach critical mass. Yeah. That you'll just kind of go, yeah, you've created this little cultural identity that wasn't here when you started. And uh, eh, yeah, we'll see. You know, it's a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so one step forward, one step back. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. Um, so then on top of doing the, the art, the glass and everything. You also do play music, right? Yes. Um, you know, it was, 
We started up in 2002, we started up the uh, South End String Band. And all we intended to do at the time was just a bunch of us yahoos are going to get together on a back porch, drink some beer, and play some music. And before, I bet we didn't have two or three times before we had 15 people. We had this marching band, for God's sake. <laughs> and, uh, but eventually, we, we kind of narrowed it down to 11 people. And okay. uh, we became a South End String Band. And we, for a while, we started playing... This was not my intention. I'm I'm a shy guy, believe it or not. And the thought of going out and playing or singing in public was just, I can't tell you how frightening. But we started playing out a little bit. We played over at the uh, Thai store parking lot. People come in and buy their beer and cigarettes and leave the car idling, and we'd sit there breathing that smoke. And So <laughs> then we moved up to the Elger Bay store, kind of, and we had a nice little, you know, outdoor thing there for just, just, Put it together to say, you mind if we play outside? They didn't. We'd do it. And then we did it at the uh, Hagen's. And then, but we ended up in 2004, we played, the, the Grange asked us, would you, we, we're going broke. Would you do a fundraiser for us? And we said, yeah, we'll do a fundraiser for you. So we did. And it was a cold, rainy day in February. And I mean, really raining, not a drizzle. Yeah. And we ended up with seven, I think it was 7,000 people come to that thing. Wow. Um, now, wait a minute, was it seven? I think we made $7,000. Okay. Maybe that's Still. more like it. But, oh, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was hundreds of hundreds of people came in and stood in the rain. And we had to ask people to leave because it was a spaghetti dinner, five bucks. You got spaghetti dinner, you got spumoni dessert, and you got to hear a, a bad band. You know, what the heck. And uh, so they made enough money to stay afloat, the Grange. And so we started playing benefits. I mean, one of the things, you know, I, I tell kids I meet that are starting out in music, I say, you know, if you put on your own venue, even if you don't make any money, you can draw crowds and you can, you might not get rich doing it, but you can at least play for a lot of people. So we started playing for the Grange every year, a benefit. We'd fill the hall. We played for the Historical Society and we still do. And we'd fill the hall. And uh, Senior Center, we'd play for St. Pat's or for whatever event they had, whatever fundraiser. And we'd fill the hall. And it was like, Oh, is that fun or what? And, uh, you know, we got better. And uh, we're narrowed down to five people now. Okay. We've got five people. Mike Hilly and Don Malox and uh, Monica Dinesha and Eric Schweiger is our fiddler. Okay. And, uh, and we'll bring in guest, guest people. Julie Campbell, you yeah. get, had her on a podcast. She comes in and plays with us. And uh, Eric's mom is a pianist. She comes in and plays with us. And okay. so, you know, we, but it has been a total hoot. And so... <laughs> In the course of it, uh, you know, I got better at banjo and uh, even started building banjos. And started, okay. you know, a couple of years ago, I sort of decided I might be a luthier. I'll just build myself some uh, banjos and guitars. And I uh, learned real quick that maybe maybe <laughs> you can build them, but that doesn't mean they're going to be great. And so, but it was a, it was a total fun and uh, learning how to do that. And, nice. Uh, so, yeah, the band, so the band is kind of part of that community effort, that whole cultural mm -hmm. thing is that you can go play for, you know, well, like I say, the Historical Society or the, you know, the senior centers, whatever. And uh, we play benefits for people that just needed fundraising, yeah. that sort of thing. And uh, so we're, COVID kind of shut us down. Uh, yeah. So we're hoping to come back pretty yep. quick this summer and start playing again. Nice. Um, and then you touched on something as well. The Camino Island or the Camino Studio Art Tour. Then you said you were part of that, getting that going. And I'm trying to think of what year that was, Brandon. Probably '98, '99. Okay. Uh, I think we had ten or eleven of us. 
And uh, the idea was that we would bring people uh, in to see where the artists actually work. Okay. And so it was a studio tour. And we did it on Mother's Day, which is kind yeah. of a, a brilliant move. Yeah. It turned out. And uh, we should do one for Father's Day, but that should be the craft show or a, you know, <laughs> boat building thing. <laughs> yes. And uh, so we started out, and it was... Uh, yeah, it was mildly successful, but like anything, it takes a couple of years to, to kick these into gear. But we ended up with a lot of, we started out, like I say, with 11 venues, I think two two or three galleries, and then there must have been oh, seven or so of us that had studios. Mm-hmm. I had I had uh, three or four people at mine, and some of the other studios had other artists. Yeah. So it started out small, but it didn't take long before, you know, you had all kinds of people applying, and we had to come up with bylaws and we had meetings and all we did was you know debate and argue and <laughs> make more bylaws and change the bylaws and but i think the last year that i was in it i was in it about nine or ten years um i think we had f- 50 50 60 artists we had i don't know must have been 25 30 studios all over the island and i know at our place you could walk out on the highway and look down the the thing a quarter mile and it was nothing but cars and yeah. we had three thousand people come through on a on a two day two or three day tour yeah it was amazing how many people came to this yeah so i finally got fed up with the bylaws and i uh, decided the, the thing is running fine i need to move along and so i i left that um, yeah and it's doing great i mean yeah you know so what we're doing now shannon kirby is a sculptress that lives down by us and she was always in that studio tour with me we decided a couple of years ago to start a uh, small a, a craft show. Okay. And so we're two years into it. Would have been our third year during the COVID year, but yep. it's a small craft advisory, and we do it down at the Floyd Norgard uh, Cultural Center. Okay. And so it's just for fine, fine art craft. Okay. And uh, we had about um, 12, 12 people or so, maybe fifteen people, and. Uh, Everything from cigar box luthiers to really fine woodworking furniture to uh, guys that made bad banjos to, uh, <laughs> you know, Monica was in it. She made native beadwork and okay. other Native American art. Um, and so we were trying to build that. And we'll, we, if COVID settles down a little bit, we'll, we'll come back again this year yeah. uh, and get the third year in. But that we want to do... Something like the the Camino Arts Association did when yeah. we started the other show and do it for craft. Yeah. Um, because, you know, there's, well, that's what we want to do. Yeah. So is there a cer- certain weekend that you guys are aiming for? Is that? Uh, we were always doing it in August and we wanted to tie in with Art by the Bay. Okay. And uh, it became apparent Art by the Bay didn't have any interest in tying in with us. Yeah. So we, we may do it a different time of year. If, if it's not going to be a joint venture, what the heck, we can do it Doing whenever. Whatever. Yeah. And so we may, if COVID's going on, we may push it back into the fall and just because it'd be better if you don't have any of those concerns. Mm-hmm. And people wearing masks and standing six feet apart and blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All the things. Yeah, all the things. <laughs> <laughs> all the things we're used to now. Yeah. Nice. Well, very cool. And then the other thing I was wondering about, because it sounds like, um, so once you had started doing like some of the, sm- the glass projects, stuff like that, what, at what point did you completely go, or maybe you didn't like, did you stop doing working like at the hospital and other things and just focus strictly on the arts? Yeah. It's, it was like I was saying that year that I took two years off to build a house. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping that 
I would just come up with some sort of strategy of how am I going to make a living doing this? And that's when the, the Washington Arts Commission kind of kicked me in the butt and gave me that, that uh, state patrol project. Mm-hmm. And so, and then after that, I started picking up other municipal public work and other states. And so that's when I kind of, and I'd already quit my job at the, uh, but I thought, hey, you're going to have to find another job, you know, if you can't yeah. do it. So it, it worked out. Um, I think of it as pretty lucky is what I think. <laughs> and, uh, but it was joyfully lucky. Yeah. Um, I look back and think, yeah, life worked out pretty well. And it was like, lucky or not, what the heck. Yeah. You know, I'll take it. So Very cool. And then with that too, then, um, you know, I, Throughout work and stuff like that, like you've got like you've got project stuff that you're working on, but like overall, there's a certain flow that you're just doing on a daily basis. You know, for like for me, for like running the marketplace, um, or like my brother-in-law's business, and like then I was an engineer before that. But for you, you've got these really really big projects, and then when those end, are you just looking for the next project? What do you kind of do as you go through these like really big projects? Yeah, there's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of a lot of. Uh between projects time. Sometimes it'll be years. Um, and sometimes you'll get three or four and boom, boom, and you're just, you know, crazy. But mostly it's a lot of downtime, which is perfect for me. Yeah. You know, I, I'd rather be kind of, okay, take time off from doing glass work and maybe go over and learn how to build a banjo or build some furniture or learn, you know, do some writing or whatever. Have You know, I don't want to just spend my entire month doing, you know, glass yeah but i'll once i'm away from a little bit um i'll think yeah it's time to go back in the shop and uh you know work on your own designs and make them i've got windows piled all over my studio now that uh you know but that's what i do so what the heck and uh so yeah i I like the downtime and then you you can spend time in the gardens or you know whatever you're doing in the woods i do Mm -hmm. a lot of wood cutting okay and uh, that sort of thing and you know beach walking i mean it's doesn't pay well but it's 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 worthwhile yeah <laughs> you know? so do you feel like you always have a, a good um like i guess do you ever feel like you're you start getting worried like oh no i need to get start finding a project now or oh gosh <laughs> at the beginning yeah that was that was the that was the anxiety is that you know it's going to dry up it's going to dry up and when we had the recession back yeah. in uh what was it 208 yep. 2008 I thought, uh-oh, uh-oh, here it is. And I'd been, I'd been really doing good. I'd been, you know, kind of staying very busy. I didn't have much downtime. Uh, I mean, I always had projects lined up. I might not be working on them all the time. But, no, the recession hit. But for a few years, it didn't hit me. Because, like I say, they build these buildings. Mm-hmm. That, that money's all in the pipeline. Yeah. But then it stopped. And so I went a few years without much of anything then. But by then, I don't know, I felt like we'd, we'd kind of reached a point where, you know, I'm 70 years old now. And so, you know, we'd reached a point where you could be thinking about retirement at some point and you're not going to go broke and you're not going to lose a house and you're not going to be kicked out on the street and all those anxiety and fears you had when you were younger. Yeah. Eh, no. And so that was a, that was pretty, pretty great. Yeah. Not to feel that way. And uh, so now if something comes along, I'm, I'm totally happy. And if something doesn't come along, uh, well, I'll do something different. And, okay. uh, but my hand's still in, and uh, I keep applying for things. And uh, so we'll just see. And I've got the Stanwood job to do this year. Yeah. And uh, they're building a new art center in uh, down at Stanwood on the old cobblestone, the old furniture store there. Yeah. It's going to become an art center. Okay. And uh, I've offered them, whether they're interested in, uh, that I'd give them a mural facing the highway. 
if they want to put something in there oh, that as would a be donation. Nice. Yeah, I think it would. And, uh, you know, another little cultural component here. And uh, if they're going to have, I, if you take a good look at that building, it's just kind of clad with this, you know, crummy metal. Looks pretty awful. Yeah, and, uh, and it's so, got the letters missing and also oh, yeah. the and, uh, The old sign up top that ought to just fall on somebody. But, you know, the front is going to be nice on the cobblestone. That's the old historic part of it. And uh, yeah. we're going to tour that tomorrow, my wife and I, and uh, with Carrie, who owns the building or is donating the building, okay. Carrie Richardson. And uh, <clears throat> so I'm hoping they do take me up on it because uh, then we could put some glass that shoots out to the highway. Yeah. You know, again, once you do stuff, like, I'm always after that public. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't want it inside somewhere if I can help it. I'd rather it be a, where the public's going to see it. Even if they don't go in the building, they can still see it. It's like the annex here on the island for the, you know, uh, county building. It's yeah. like you drive by it, there it is. You, yeah. don't, you don't have to go in the building. It's got a piece of art on it. And, yeah. uh, you know, it makes a difference, yeah. I like to think. <laughs> yeah. No, they're, it's great. <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> what do you kind of see as the future then? You've got some projects kind of floating out there, and well, like the one I just talked about, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably look for other little spots for donations. And the, again, the Stanwood High School occupy a lot of time this year. Um, that, that's going to be a big project, and uh, we're going to put three murals in one one long one. Uh, when you walk in the building, it's got a big vestibule, and there's a whole glass wall between it and the Performing Arts Center. And we're we're finalizing designs for that. And okay, we'll do that. Um, other than that, I, I'm not going to build more banjos. I'm not going to build any more guitars. Um, but I like to play them and, uh, I, I picture the band starting up again pretty soon nice. and, uh, you know, spend more time in my gardens and, uh, you know, at home yeah. and that sort of thing. And maybe do a little more travel and that kind of thing. Yeah. But I'm, like I said, I got my hand in the art, art world. I want to, I'm applying for different things. And so. You know, you never know when they're going to pop. Yeah. It's always a surprise. And uh, you get a, I get a Washington Arts Commission one every three years. Okay. Um, and so I think this is my ninth commission. I think it's the most commissions they've had down there. Okay. And uh, so another two years, I can get another one if I want one. Okay. Um, so if I'm still, you know, <laughs> able, I'd probably <laughs> jump it. So. Very cool. All right. Well, I like to end every podcast with some rapid-fire questions. The first one is, what purchase of $100 or less have you enjoyed the most over the last three months? Well, I, it, I only go to the grocery store, basically, in the COVID last few months. So I guess it'd probably be uh, some nice six-pack of beer I bought it. Nice. That'd be it, Brandon. Do you have a favorite one? Uh, no, they're all good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, pretend you have a friend coming from out of town. Uh, what would the first day look like here? Uh, we'd go down to the parks. We'd go down to Cama uh, and Camino State Park and over to uh, Barnum Point. Yeah. I think that's what we'd do. Yeah, and I just saw something where the, the sailboat had caught on fire down there. No, I didn't see that. Yeah. I knew there was one down there. I wonder if somebody, well, I'm, I can guess the kids probably decided. I'm sure. Yeah. COVID boredom <laughs> hits everybody. Set, set her ablaze. Uh-huh. Yeah, their boredom. I got a little park down that we take care of, Hutchison Park, and we got a, a little library. It's an old phone booth. Okay. And it gets vandalized pretty regularly. Yep. And so, yeah, I hope they don't burn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with the sailboats, boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, who is an interesting or fascinating person in this community that I should interview next? 
Oh, there's lots. Uh, I would definitely, if you haven't interviewed Jack Gunner already, get Jack in here. Okay. And, uh, but I would go, I would talk to uh, Alan Hall. Alan and he's Hall. got a friend, uh, John, uh, uh, what's it, Lecky. Lecky, the island. Okay. John Lecky, and get them both in together. They're friends. And they're, they would tell you all about the history. You know, they're old, they're, uh, but that would be an historical one. Jack would be, yeah. the, art, Jack would be the art one. Okay. Um, that's who I'd recommend. Nice. Very cool. And lastly, if you could have a message on a billboard right as you're driving on Camino Island, what would that say? Whale crossing. Drive careful. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much well, Brandon, for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me down here. It's a nice day. I'm going to go out and enjoy it now. All, All right. right. Thank you. Thanks for doing these, by the way. Yeah. Appreciate it. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Jack Archibald for joining me on the podcast today, and thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And for more information on this episode, you can go to CaminoCommons.com slash EP87. That's CaminoCommons.com slash EP87. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.